Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. We're live at SHRM 22, the world's largest gathering of HR professionals. We're pulling back the curtain on the industry's hottest recruiting technology. Now, here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. We're broadcasting live from SHRM Annual in New Orleans, and uh, we've got Decofet from Sherpa Coaching on right now. We're going to be learning about the use case for basically what they do, how they do it, the, the problem, the solution, and I can't wait to talk to her. So, Dikovet, would you uh, take us into your world, both introduce yourself and your company? Excellent. Thank you, William. Yes, sure. my name is Deco Fett. I am a Sherpa coach. I have been for the last almost five years. Uh, I'm also the director of training for Sherpa Coaching. And we actually certify coaches at the university level. We also work with HR cohorts and certify them as coaches. So they get the opportunity that if they want us to come in and do the work, we can do so, or we can teach them to do the work. Also, Mainly what we do is you have your strengths. You, that's what you come to the table with. But we are what's considered deficit-based coaches. So we want individuals to understand that your weakness is still there playing out somewhere for you, right? It's impacting other people. And we work with our leaders to help them understand what that weakness is and how they can improve that, that weakness, that actionable behavior that's impacting their work. I love that you brought that up because so many people focus on the strengths and just making the strengths stronger, mm-hmm. and they, uh, they, don't, they don't work on their deficits. So why the choice? Why didn't you all make that? Because that's a strategic choice, right, to, to focus on the deficits and make, bring, making those better. Most definitely. So our ROI in our business is positive skills plus positive behavior equals a positive impact on business. So we believe that your skills that you have at the table, that's your job description. You have your strengths that are coupled with that. But again, what's still playing out is do you make decisions effectively? How well do you problem solve? How well do you communicate? And most importantly, how well do you listen or not? So we think that in order to improve that imbalance, it's important for us to really talk about the entire picture from beginning to end, what's actually happening with that individual. I love that. So, you know, I'm old enough to remember a world where coaching was really for kind of a very select few. It wasn't for everybody, right? Maybe the high potentials or high performers or people in the succession plan, et cetera. Um, What's y'all's approach in terms of kind of your audience, uh, if it's leadership or managers or employees or everybody, et cetera? Great question. We actually think that it's very important that all levels understand what it means to In essence, act great at work, act better at work, right? Our behavior shows people who we are. So we actually have programs from the top all the way to the lower level, the frontline leaders, um, as well as the employees, to bring them together so they're speaking a common language. Our book, Be, Don't Do, actually focuses on teaching leaders how to understand when are they supposed to manage versus being that coaching leader, asking those open-ended questions to really understand what are my employees thinking, to get the full scope of what's actually happening in the business. The employees are the ones doing the work. So we really want to build a community and build a communication that all levels can leverage and understand this is what's happening. It's okay, there's no um, negative impact 
for you being able to say, you know what, I don't do that well. And then are you actually in the right place? So how has coaching been impacted with some of the societal thing, uh, pressures and, and uh, I would say protests from, uh, you know, if you want to go back to Me Too, to Love is Love, Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, like how is, how is basically what's going on in, in society, how has that impacted coaching? You know, I I, honest, I really think, um, William, the biggest thing is really focusing on just our behaviors as humans. Right. And in essence, it's really how do you act? How do you respectfully have a conversation with someone? How do you just open that that door? And then it's also about the transition back to the work and acknowledging that, you know, these are the things we're all going through something, right? Right. These are the things that we need to do to make sure that we are whole again to proceed, um, move forward together in the workplace. I love that. So it's just opening up the dialogue. Right. How, what's, the, what's the relationship between coaching and listening? Oh, that is one of my favorite questions. Listening is actually the conscious effort to hear. And when right. you really break that down, you think about that word effort. It's going to take work. Right. It means it's like a muscle that you have to build, right. Right? right? And so the important thing, we actually, when we certify our coaches, um, one of the exciting moments for me as a facilitator of that program is when we tell our coaches, you're not allowed to write when you're with your client. And you get the eyes, big <laughs> eyes, and they're like, what do you mean, right? And the important thing is, is that you're putting them in the position that forces them to really understand the importance of true listening. If you're listening to someone, you're not thinking about what you want your response to be. You're listening to understand what are they actually, what do those words mean to them? And then we also talk about what we call filters, those biases, right? So we don't want to make assumptions that because the word integrity means one thing to me, right. William, it may have a completely different meaning for you, right? 100%. So we want to ask those questions and get on the same page. And then we always have the question, well, when can I write? And it's basically... You ask the question for understanding. William, I think this is what I heard you say. Hmm. Yes, that's what I heard. That's what you heard me say, Fett. And then can I take a moment and capture these notes? And then we go back to the conversation. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful that you said it because that's exactly the, what I was thinking is you ask them. You literally ask them, uh, you know, what did you hear when we talked? What did you hear? What, did, what do you think I heard? And that creates a wonderful dialogue box, which I think it starts with listening, starts with intentionality, you know, wanting to actually listen to people. So I think that's uh, fascinating. Um, so let, let me ask you a question on the certification side. Um, this is going to, we'll start with two things. One is, can everyone be a coach? You know, I think it's honestly like with anything, if, if someone decides that they want to commit to doing the work, right. then they can definitely do it. Okay. Right. You know, it's really understand, you know, we, we train our coaches to be a conduit for people. Okay. To really remove themselves from it. Um, we have a story called the sugar story that we tell, and, and it's one of the most beautiful stories. And it's where a mother actually took her son to see Gandhi because she wanted her son to stop eating sugar. And she took her son in, and Gandhi, he had nothing for her at that moment. Three weeks later, she takes her son back in after Gandhi said, return in three weeks. And Gandhi looks at her son, and he says, stop eating sugar. And, of course, you can imagine the mom is thinking, are you kidding me? I was just here three weeks ago. What's the reason you couldn't just tell him that? And Gandhi said, three weeks ago, I was still eating sugar. (sighs) 
right? So again, we really, it's all about self-reflection. And part of our program is really breaking down the individual and allowing them to go through the process themselves so that that way they understand themselves. And then what do they need to work on so then that way they can be very successful in their coaching. I love that. Take us into the certification uh, process. What does it look like? Awesome. So what it looks like is um, at our university program where we're face-to-face, you spend two weeks in person. So it's one week, for example, in October and one week in November, total of 60 hours. And we walk through our six phases where we're really, again, taking a deep dive initially about the individual, breaking them down. We have 10 traits of a good coach that we work through. Right. And after they complete that 60 hours of coursework, we assign the individual with a certified practicum instructor from our organization, someone who's very well versed in the process. And the individual gets to work with a client, a practicum client of their choosing. We give them parameters of what a good practicum client would look like. And they go through the entire process applying everything they learned in that 60 hours. And they meet with the CPI each week so they could talk about what worked well, what did not work well, ask those questions so they could go back in and work with their client to get them through the process. The beautiful thing is that that practicum client is getting a valuable opportunity that they otherwise probably would not get. And the individual is getting the opportunity to practice in real life um, and work with an expert along the way. So I think it'd be really easy to understand when coaching goes awry or when it, when, when you can, when it's not working, I think that's probably easy to identify. I think it's probably harder to identify when it's working well. So what's your, what's your take on that? First of all, do I have that right? Uh, and if so, how do you know when you've got coaching, you're doing it right? Yeah, that's a great question, William. And so we do have our process, our success factors is what we call them broken down, where as a coach, you're recognizing, we tell our clients in the ground rule, 75% of the work is on you, 25% is on me as the coach. So the sustainability is really putting the work where the work needs to be with the individual. And then so when they're returning to the sessions every week, and they are doing that homework, they are utilizing the tools that you're teaching them. That's how we value that success. More importantly, the beautiful thing in our coaching community is that we still hear from our clients even after the engagement has ended. They want to share with you, hey, I got promoted. Hey, I used Expectation Mountain with my employees. I taught this to my employees. Now my employees are using it. So it becomes this trickle effect that really is there if you do it the right way. The more important thing for us is having a process. And when you have a process, then it's easy for you to go back and understand where are your gaps. And then that way you can work there. We don't move forward until we get the work done. It's, it's interesting because you, you use the deficit. You go back and look at the deficit uh, and, and then work the deficit. That's Correct. interesting. So I know that you all have published a number of business books as a, as a group, as a company. But I believe you've also published or you're an author as well. Yes, yes. So my first book is called Dream, Write, Execute. And it was really all a part of me going through the coaching process myself that really helped me just step outside of myself and figuring out what my why it matters is. So as we were talking earlier, your why it matters is really your motivator and your driver. And it's a combination of what you think and the action that you tie to that is going to deliver you a result. So if you're thinking positive things and you attach that with a positive behavior, you're going to get a positive impact on business. Prior to writing my book, I was thinking this will be great for me to write this book 
but my action was not there. I was holding myself back with negative self-talk. And by way of going through the process, it got me in the right place to sit down and, and do that work, which led me to the opportunity to be a part of the Sherpa Coaching Executive Presence Series, where there's 10 executive presence traits, and I was able to co-write humility, which is one of my favorites by any means, right? That's awesome. That's awesome. What are some of the other books that y'all have? Um, so we also have, as I stated, the 10 Executive Presence yep. Series. So a part of that is being present, you know, relationships, business acumen. Um, we also have our Sherpa Guide, and that is the textbook that we utilize in the certification program. And it gives you the process from end to end. So it's actually part of the pre-work that we ask our participants to read. Oh, that's fantastic. Be Don't Do that I mentioned. This right. is the one that we use in several of our programs. We have a program called Coaching Skills for high performance and this really just does it helps you to do a deep dive into that transition of being a manager versus being a coaching leader and it does a, a particular deep dive into four of our to, our tools um, that we have that really can help the leader on the spot with coaching moments um, our impact on business, as I mentioned to you, is our ROI. That's how we measure, you know, our successes as coaches and that we really focus on, um, you know, in this world, we use the word multitasking, right? We, we can multitask and do so many things. But in the Sherpa world, it's how effective are you? And so we really get a, a, everyone to understand that, you know, that weakness that we're talking about, we're not saying that we're going to take all the weaknesses weaknesses that you listed and we're going to work on all of those out of that is that you can only work on one behavior and what is that one behavior that's causing a negative impact on business so that's a very short read but very impactful book that we have love that so um you mentioned clients so i want to i want to definitely touch on that while we're talking is your first interaction with your clients what does that look like when you first kind of you're going to meet a bunch of people here at Charm, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, when you first bring somebody on board, what is, what's the first experience for them? So we really encourage our clients to bring in what we call an executive contact. And that is, in essence, the most likely the boss of the individual. Um, we really, truly believe in that true accountability partner to really help guide you through those tough moments and to make sure that there's alignment so that, in essence, this helps with the sustainability of it all. So we have an initial meeting, which can be about 30 minutes to an hour where we're giving uh, we have a series of questions where the leader is able to set those expectations um, what we find is sometimes the leader has probably never ever set expectations with these individuals so that lends to that opportunity and then the first meeting with the client is really establishing the ground rules the rules of engagement for our time together and that's where we talk about as I spoke earlier 75 percent of the work is on the client 25% of the work is on the coach. Um, we go through the specifics of when we meet. It's very important that it's one hour per week, one hour to talk about you. So we really stress that, that we want to make sure that these meetings are on the schedule so that you show up because we know the result. We can guarantee you the result is going to be great if you show up and do the work. So we really stress that. And another ground rule that I, that I think is worth mentioning is that we understand our role. We are not therapists. And so one of our ground rules is that this is not therapy. However, we recognize, again, as we talked about earlier, right, people are going through a lot of things. So we will say to our client, maybe you should talk to an expert about that. And we bring things back to the scope of the business. I love work. that. 
I love that. So we're here in New Orleans uh, for Sure Manual. What do you? What's success for you uh, in the next couple of days? Um, I really want to share. It, it's so so funny that you asked that because one of the. Uh, Sherm participants walked up and she literally looked at me and she said, we need you more than you need us. And I think that when we see all of the people here, that that need is there. And for Sherpa Coaching, we know that we have the answer for that need. We know it's important to talk about the elephant in the room, to talk about what's not working. And that's really what success is, is being able to just reach those individuals. I love it. Thank you so much for carving out time for us. I absolutely appreciate you. Excellent. Thank you, William. I appreciate being here. And thanks everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, live at SHRM22. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.